Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Happy New Year from Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong, and you are listening to the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. This week on Independence Day, Jason Charles Miller. Jason Charles Miller began his career as the singer of a successful hard rock band called Godhead. Just how successful? Godhead has sold over 250,000 records to date, a very healthy sum for an age in which young people just don't buy music anymore. Godhead was the first band signed to Marilyn Manson's label, Posthuman Records. They released several albums, headlined their own tours, and shared bills with Manson, Linkin Park, Gwar, Disturbed, and others, and Miller reveled in the life of a frontman in a rock band. And then things changed when he tested positive for the C-word, country. There had always been a lot more to Miller than tattoos, attitude, and powerful vocals. He had long been a dedicated student of the art of songcraft, and few genres of music celebrate the skill of the pure songwriter like country music. Nashville's Music Row turns out a steady stream of new songs in seemingly perpetual motion, and Miller found that his unique skill set lent itself perfectly to this work ethic. Along the way, Miller also learned to diversify, parlaying his successes in music into additional work as an in-demand voiceover artist with over 60 credits to his name, with dozens more appearances in video games and live-action productions. Unsurprisingly, Miller is a very busy man, and he holds dual citizenship in Nashville and in Los Angeles, where he owns and manages his own recording facility, Central Command Studios. Welcome to Independence Day, Jason Charles Miller. Hey, Jason. Hey. Hi. How are you, man? I'm feeling really independent. Yeah? Right Are now. you feeling independent? Yeah. The title just kind of put my head to, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. And you've got, I mean, you're a successful guy. You know, you sold, if, I, if I'm reading your baseball card right, you've mm-hmm. sold, or projects that you've been involved with, over 250,000 records. Yeah. That's a good figure? Yeah. Well, yeah. For the first question I have for you is kind of comical, but also kind of not. What's it like? <laughs> <laughs> like the well, amount of people, I know so many musicians and I, I, I mean, you know, people I know are playing with people who've sold 250,000 records, but I don't know many people who have sold 250,000 plus records, man. Well, you know, full disclosure, most of those sales happened in like the early 2000s yeah, yeah. when people were still buying things. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you still sold those records, man. Yeah, That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you still, you know, I'm not looking for numbers, but do you still see money, like mailbox money from those releases back then? More uh, from like on the, I'm a writer for BMI. So more on the BMI side, like I'll get, oh, that that you know that song was in that movie yeah, that yeah, played because yeah. that was another thing too so um we were uh with when you know a lot of those records sold was with my yeah. old band godhead and yeah, we were yeah. signed to uh marilyn manson's label posthuman which was a division of priority which uh-huh. was a division of bmi right, right. which then got merged into capital later but what comes with a lot of that is if you're under the EMI umbrella or the Warner Brothers umbrella or the Universal umbrella or the Sony umbrella, yeah. there's a lot of relationships and like deals that happen where, you know, um, all of a sudden we were on this great movie soundtrack that we didn't even right. know we were being submitted for. And, yeah, and yeah. so there's a lot of wheels that move behind the scenes that you don't, that 
as an independent artist are like almost impossible to make yeah. those things move. Well, things have changed drastically and that's the yeah. kind of thing. And that's why I'm so jazzed to talk to you today about this stuff because you are a guy who was doing this the old way. Yeah. You know, yeah. And like kind of your heyday when you were, you know, mm-hmm. I like to say you're not in your heyday, but that's not what I mean. But like when you broke on the scene, whatever right. that means. That you know, was with, in the with, old way. It was the, was the old paradigm of the music business where there were A&R people and you would court them and try to get them to come to shows. Yeah. And then you would try to, you know, try to get them into what you were doing, multiple ones if possible, mm-hmm. and then do a, what you used to call a bidding war, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen anymore. No. Not really. I mean, a little bit, I guess, but it's not like that, you know? No, everything is so vastly different, and I've yeah. somehow managed to still have a career through it. Yeah, um, yeah. with a lot of hiccups along the way. But yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm, <laughs> I keep saying this, but like, I'm just so I'm, I'm jazzed to talk to you about like the the comparison and contrast, and like, I want to hear the story of how you got from here to there, and how it's you know how you did something differently one way, and then how it's how you do it now, and because this was pre-internet. That's the thing. Like people. Yeah. That's the big key. You know, they told me when I was a kid, computers are going to change everything, son. But we couldn't possibly have imagined in what ways and how deeply everything, everything would change and continues to change. Because I don't even think, you know, my buddy and I talk all the time. Like, if the internet was a ball game, we're like at the second pitch of the first inning. That's pretty accurate. It's going to change a lot more. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm talking to Jason Charles Miller. He's a musician. He's got what I call dual citizenship. He lives in Los Angeles <laughs> and also spends some, a goodly amount of time in Nashville. He was in a band called Godhead for a long time, and they sold a lot of records and released a lot of records. But he's kind of doing kind of a country-ish thing with your own music now, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's hear a track from you just to get people started right away. This is from your is this the most recent record, correct? Natural Born Killer? Yes. All right. And this is the track, Love Ain't Leaving You. This is Jason Charles Miller on Independence Day. There's another for sale sign just a block away from me. I saw him moving out last week and I don't have to ask why. I've been working on Sundays Ain't no day of rest for me Yeah, my girl, I barely see She wants to get back to where we used to be Lord, take the lead Cause I can't hold out that long She looks to me To be strong About working hard to make Half of what it used to take For him just to get by And his little girl's crying Cause her friends have moved away But she don't know there's bills to pay And I'm trying to pay mine 
Joe Armstrong, you are listening to Independence Day. Please drop by our website, indepday.com. You can follow us on Twitter at indepday. And tonight's guest is Jason Charles Miller, was in a band called Godhead. Now he's doing his own thing and has been for a pretty good while, right? But yeah. Godhead's still kind of around a little bit. Well, well we put out a remix album okay. earlier this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been working on my own stuff for a while okay. now. Which is- well, give me, give me your baseball card. Right, like what? What are your stats, and what are your, you know, what's your sign, and what, you know, what? Yeah, okay. I, kid, I kid in a way, but like, like if you were to give someone an elevator pitch about your career, you know, you're in an elevator with David Geffen, right? You know, and it's like, hey, you know, Jason, what's up, man? What's your deal? Go. Well, if it was David Geffen, I don't, man, <laughs> it would be different for each each person. T Bone Burnett, it's, yeah, it's whoever. Uh, you know, I I grew up in rural Virginia. A stone's throw from Washington D.C. So I think that's how my where my sort of musical influences combine because I grew up listening to country music, but then I had a girlfriend that introduced me to Fugazi, like okay. literally introduced me to Fugazi. Like I got to go to a lot of their shows, and 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 so uh, you know from all sorts of different musical backgrounds, which to me, if I'm playing country music, that is no, it's not foreign to me whatsoever. Whereas to a lot of people that know me only from the Godhead world, it is. And, and, you know, I've had a lot of doors to break down from that, but, uh, so, you know, pretend- I, I'm not doing my baseball card right at all. No, this you're doing it just fine. Baseball card. No, it's cool. It's cool. It's a music baseball card. Yeah. It's entirely different. Uh, tell me, pretend we know nothing about Godhead. What, okay. what does Godhead sound like? Godhead sounds like well let me just put it to you this way uh we were too metal for the indie rockers uh but we were too indie rock for the metal fans we were too rock for the industrial fans but we were 
too industrial for the rock fans. So we, we lived in this weird nebulous bubble of like heavy rock meets industrial meets melodies. Um, and I would say like if, if people just wanted to know one or two bands to compare us to, I would say the closest thing would be like a, maybe a more, uh, a more melodic version of nine inch nails. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's hard to do that. It's hard because you don't yeah. want to just automatically reference some other band. Right. And I hate to do that, but that's what everyone does. Yeah. They want to put well, you, you in a Well, you kind of have to. They to want to put you extent. in a box. Yeah. And know? I hate to, again, I, I myself hate to put people in boxes and I hate to be in a box because we're all musicians. And I think we find you, know, you go into any musician's record catalog and you're going to find stuff you would never expect. You know, you're going to find, you know, you go to, you know, is it, uh, what's the guy from Ministry? Uh, Al Jorgensen. Al Jorgensen. Yeah. yeah. I, I, he's probably got Brahms. In his, in his collection somewhere, yeah. you know, or you go to, um, you know, I wonder if the Marsalis brothers have any of the Metallica records, you know, you never know because yeah. people yeah. like this, cr- the, the, the market, if puts you're a us musician, you are going to be attracted to talented music, other talented musicians. You're going yeah. to, you're going to hear things that excite you. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Marsalis brothers had Metallica albums, yeah. you know, just because like there's something dynamic there that I think would attract them to that. Yeah. But you know, it's funny, like to, you know, what vexes me though, like on the Grammys when they try to put disparate artists together and yeah, I don't I know. know. They've like been some, trying to do that the last couple of years and it's, it's hit or miss. I feel like it's, it's maybe a nice idea on paper because it's like, in, in some ways it goes against my prior point, which is that musicians are all cross pollinated and we, you know, we listen to different things for different reasons. But sometimes when you do it, it's like, man, I don't, I don't want to see that guy playing with that guy, that guy, young guy, you know, just cause it's old doesn't mean it's good or bad. And just cause it's new doesn't mean it's good or bad. Right. But like some people, like, I feel like they got to earn you got to earn your stripes to play with Bob Dylan. You know, or to play with or Stevie Nicks, Stevie or, Nicks or Stevie Wonder or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. Get out of here. I yeah. want to see that. I want to <laughs> see Stevie Wonder doing what he does. Anyway, so we've, man, we've got so many things to talk about. You've got such a wide breadth of experience. Um, and people can visit your website, jasoncharlesmiller.com, right? And mm-hmm. of course, on the Facebooks, uh, facebook.com slash jasoncharlesmiller. Follow you on Twitter at jasoncmiller. Uh, and Instagram is the same thing. Uh, Instagram.com slash Jason Charles Miller. Yeah. Um, but you, at some point, you took My like My name's a, too long for Twitter. That's yeah. why I had to come shorten it. Well, I was thinking about this. Like, you've got the similar affliction that I do. You've got somewhat, like, white guy names. Yeah. So, you know, to add, is that why you added the middle that's name That's why in there? I used my middle... I mean, that that is truly my name on my ID, but that's why I used it, because there's already, like, six people in the public eye named Jason Miller. Yeah, yeah. And, and when I was in Godhead, that was fine, because... It's Jason Miller from Godhead, but when I sort yeah. of ventured out on my own, I'm like, well, I'm gonna need to start using all my names here, yeah, because, yeah. and and sort of rebrand myself as that, so that people don't confuse me with the MMA fighter right. or the actor or the I think there's like a rapping rabbi oh. named Jason Miller, really? So yeah, so I kind of wanted to, you know, at least put my own stamp on it. Yeah, every time you look up my name, you get uh, Billy Joe Armstrong. Sure. Which sure. is logical. He's done more than I've done, at least recently. Uh, and his kid, he named his kid Joe Armstrong. So that kid, uh, I was, I was, I was pissed because as soon as he was born, you know, the Billy Joe Armstrong's kid, Joe Armstrong, in Rolling Stone, it's like, oh, that little bastard oh, made it into Rolling, Rolling Stone, Stone before I did. Uh, and he didn't. All he did was get born. Oh man! So when you play, at one point, uh, you took kind of a left turn because Godhead yeah. being this kind of like industrial. 
aggressive kind of thing. You know, yeah. there was that, that C word somehow got back into your head, which is country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned it before when you were talking about kind of your formative years. Um, but let's give people a little taste of what that sounds like. You've got another musician here. He's going to play some Dober with you. This is Adam Hall. And uh, play a song for us. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about what you're doing nowadays. Okay, Jason Charles Miller, Independence Day. <laughs> Stutter, wheel stab rolling round, asphalt melts like butter, bone dry, soon be ground, rusted half ton pickup, duct tape on the door, six pack, thousand bucks, guess you get what you pay for, hundred miles from Vegas, thousand miles from you. Sitting last night's whiskey, I must be a hundred proof. Last night shots pounding, woke up on the floor. Heartaches now a headache, you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for, misspelled tattoo, you get what you pay for. Man, why? You get what you pay for, truck stop shower, you get what you pay for. Get what you pay for, cheap motel room. You get what you pay for, brand vines. Get what you pay for, bad directions. You get what you pay for. Two pairs took my paycheck. Three jacks took my house Broken, broken down Guess you get what you pay for You get what you pay for Misspelled tattoo You get what you pay for Homemade wine you get what you pay for Truck stop shower You get what you pay for you get what you pay for Cheap motel room You get what you pay for Breathers Get what you pay for, bad directions, you get what you pay for. Get what you pay for, sidewalk savior, you get what you pay for, secondhand shoes, get what you pay for, hitchhike travel, you get what you pay for. Get what you pay for, free vacation, you get what you pay for, old juice highs, get what you pay for, drive through chapel, you get what you pay for. Yes, you get what you pay for. Jason Charles Miller here in Independence Day, accompanied by Adam Hall on the Dobro. Man, love that tune. Thank good, you. Good work, good work. And that song, it's it seems like that's a song that's kind of it's had some legs for you. It has. Um, I, it was really fortunate that I got it uh, placed in an episode of True Blood. It's one of those uh, stories. It's one of those songwriter stories that happens once in your career. Usually, as a songwriter, sometimes there's songs that 
just sort of live out there for a long time and 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 someone takes notice of it in a different way. What happened with this one was I was in Nashville. I was writing um, with my friend John Knight and David Rivers. It was the first time that I had met either one of them. And um, we wrote this song, Get You Get What You Pay For, and uh, we did a quick demo of it. And I called my publisher and I said, I think this song might be right for true blood and for as much as publishers like your suggestions they are often just like okay yeah great you know everyone thinks that this song is could yeah be my song Tim is Bur- ideal for the new scorsese movie i'd like everyone to know that right exactly <laughs> you know so he kind of you know he said okay so but like two days later he called and said they want to use it in the episode we're like what that's crazy you know so to me, that was a positive sign to me that I was going in the right direction. And what I've tried to do is I haven't denied my past at all. I haven't, I'm not trying to hide, you know, any of my uh, past accomplishments or, uh, you know, travelings with Godhead. But I just sort of want to show people that I also love country music and this is what it sounds like when I perform country music. And yeah. I think you get what you pay for is a good example of that sort of darker sound that I'll never be able to, I, I when I write, I write about dark subjects. Right. I, I don't think I will ever be able to, to with a clear conscience, like play a, a happy song really. Right. But, um, but like applying it to different genres, I think is, is, yeah. is there's always going to be an element of me in, in right. every piece. And when we say country music, we're talking more of like the drive-by trucker style, like the Southern rock almost, yeah. more so than like Brad Paisley type right. stuff. Yeah. You know, the, it's not the stuff that's like polished to an extremely high sheen. Although right. there's some of that going on in what you're doing, like working in Nashville and kind of like almost song plugging to a certain extent. Sure. But your stuff seems to have a little more uh, gravitas. To it. I, I would like to think so. Um, yeah, I mean, and 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 I'm calling it country, but that's a really wide. There's a really wide yeah. berth with that, whether it fits in Americana or Southern rock, um, or just anywhere in the spectrum. You know, yeah. at, at the end of the day, you can say uh, there's two types of music, good and bad. Right. So I hope that mine's good. Yeah. Well, we do what we do as musicians. I feel like we kind of make what we make, um, and there's maybe styles that we like. And we're, we're into, but this kind of goes back to that point from before, like everything we've ever listened to is in there somewhere. Yeah. And it's just a matter of like when you're going to follow this star or when you're going to follow that thing and get this, you know, I mean, I, I've, I don't know. I, I, I always liked records when, you know, I don't mind following a country waltz with a Zeppelin esque, you know, power thing that's fine for me like i kind of like that diversity on a record i get it, i like it when a band does that i always wanted to have a band in college i wanted to be the most extreme version of that possible i wanted to call it heavy petting zoo <laughs> and I, uh-huh. I there was a particular guitar player who was like a metal guitar player which i could i can't play like that to save my life and we but we were both into really absurdist humor things and we wanted to do like all of it at once it never came to fruition but that's that's kind of my musical world it may not sound like it when you listen to my records but that's what i'm trying to do i guess in some way <laughs> i guess maybe primus does that yeah somewhat yeah primus pulls it off for sure bit. i don't know yeah. anyway man we've got again i keep saying this we've got so much to talk about so much stuff you've done so much stuff how about another tune here because we've got a lot of music to get through what's this next one going to be this one is uh is called as good love goes and it's uh just kind of that classic country 
love love gone wrong kind of song. So okay, check it all out. right. So once again, Jason Charles Miller here on Independence Day. This is called "As Good Love Goes." As good love goes, she's gone. Just like that, I'm all alone You got that right, it feels so wrong To be the only one alone Wish I hadn't said those things that broke my mind wouldn't be here crying The one who's left behind They say every dog has his day in the sunshine I'm just waiting here for mine As good love goes, she's gone I don't think she's coming home Got that right, it feels so wrong To be the only one alone I spent too much wasted time, that's the truth yeah, and this day's nights away, that's the proof That I didn't give her all my best Now my heart's broken to pieces, there's no rest As good love goes, she's gone She's the best I've ever known You got that right, it feels so wrong Be the only one alone And I just pray someday that she'll come back Fairy tales ain't never in like that As good love goes, she's gone On angel's wings this bird has flown You got that right, it feels so My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day, and thank you for doing so. I really, really appreciate you guys tuning into this because I put a lot of hard work into this, and so do my guests. They do. They devote their lives to the music that they make. And uh, as I, I don't say this enough either, get out and buy this music. You can stop by Jason Charles Miller's website, which is logically jasoncharlesmiller.com. All right, as if on cue, or actually literally on cue. Also, mm-hmm. facebook.com slash jasoncharlesmiller. And you can get your stuff, are you like on Amazon and CBaby yeah. and mm-hmm. all the iTunes and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I, I, I say that every week, but 
pretty much everybody's everywhere yeah. these days yeah. once you get your music out there. Um, and he's got a, it on Spotify. Yeah, you've got a very comprehensive website, too. Does, do, you, do you have a webmaster that kind of does do. that stuff for you? I do, yeah. His name's Craig Wagner, and he lives in St. Louis, and okay. he's awesome. Okay. Because he helped me design that. and Well, he, you know, he really designed it, and it, it's very, you know, boom, 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 here's everything you need. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how technology has changed. Like we referenced before, like how you started off in the music business, touring, you know, with with, with like a phone card. Yeah, yeah, like no, no cell phone. Yeah, if you needed to call someone, you stopped at a payphone. There used to be these things called card. payphones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in every corner, it seems like there was a payphone. Go on, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, when I think back to it, I was like, wow, we used maps. And, you As know, in paper maps. Yeah, and sometimes we went a hundred miles in the wrong direction yeah, if somebody yeah. wasn't paying attention because there's no GPS. No, no. And then you know, food. <laughs> in my day, there was, no my GPS. day there was no GPS. There was no GPS or food. I mean, I remember when being on tour one time, and uh, like the late '80s, uh, the <clears throat> subway chain became prolific. And until Subway became like a thing, you couldn't find vegetables. No, on the no. road. In fact, I when I was 18 or so i was a vegetarian because my girlfriend like that that classic line pulp from fiction. pulp fiction my girlfriend's, girlfriend's a vegetarian, vegetarian pretty, much pretty much makes, makes me a vegetarian it's the same way uh but then when i went on the road it was like you know we're gonna feed you burgers or you're not gonna eat yeah so i wasn't a vegetarian anymore after yeah that. you want burgers and that's what it was for me too i didn't eat fast food for several years and then i started touring and it's like well yeah. okay Am I going to eat or am I not going to eat? Those are my options. Because yeah. if you get off at an exit in southern Colorado off of I whatever, and you've got Burger King, McDonald's, and Taco Bell. And you're touring in a van. And you're touring and, in a van. You know, you've got no refrigerator. I mean, later, you know, when we went moved into RV status and then bus right. status, then, you know, hey, the sky's the limit, I guess. But yeah. Um, still find yourself eating fast well, food. Well, it's just, it's so different because, I mean, the, the world got corporatized. Like, there was no super Walmart. Like, at one right. point, by a certain point, you could buy the, the, the atlas they sold at Walmart, and it listed all the Walmarts in the entire country in the back couple pages. And again, I'm not advocating or, you know, saying that you should or should not go to Walmart, but it was useful because once they started to become super Walmarts, which meant they had supermarkets a supermarket yeah. so you could find apples and bananas and grapes and uh, you know edible yeah. food yeah you know whatever you know in some ways that sucks but for the corporatization of our culture but in other ways you can find edible food right at that point and they always listed which ones were which anyway i digress about that what <laughs> well, were we talking so, about yeah um we were, technology i think yeah technology How did it change like, yeah so phone card take me somewhere phone from the card. phone card yeah so uh you would, you know, I can't even remember how you would, I, how would you fill up your phone card? Or you would just buy a phone card at the store and they would activate it with like $50 of. Yeah, I had a. Or you would get one from your like home phone. Right. Like AT&T would give you That's what I had. a card mm-hmm. and then that would charge back to your bill. Yeah. And you'd enter this long, elaborate code. It was right. like this whole process. You'd get right. a cell phone and bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> Not a cell phone, a pay phone. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, yeah. meant, I meant a pay phone. Yeah, you get a pay phone. And you'd phone. sit there and bloop, bloop, you'd punch in all the numbers. Call an 800 number, then punch in like a 12, right. 12 more digits, then call the number you wanted to call. Jason, you know what we just did? 
we lost everyone under 30. Yeah, I know. See you guys. Let's bring them back. Uh, Let's Pokemon. Bring back. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon. Pokemon. So at what point did you, like, you know, were you, you were in buses by the time, like, cell phones started to show up, right? Yeah. Yeah. That- um, yeah. Uh, well, not not quite, but close to it. Like, okay. in... Right around 98, 99 was when people yeah. started using them regularly. And then um, when we sort of got our big break and we uh, was right around 99, 2000. And yeah, that's so we had cell phones, but still you used them sparingly. sparingly expensive. And there wasn't text messaging yet. And there wasn't service. That's true. There wasn't service in a lot of spots. You know, you guys can remember driving across <clears throat> Colorado. And as soon as you got, I don't know, 100 miles east of Denver or so, and you wouldn't pick up cell phone service again until you were getting close to past Grand Island, hmm. going east, you know, towards Iowa. <laughs> Back in my day, I mean, now it's like if you don't have cell service, you're like, is a is a monster going to come out? Yeah, and kill where me right the zombies now? are coming. Am I going to get abducted now? Yeah, because they yeah, know yeah. there's no service. <laughs> so I mean, so but you've got a person, but who's handling your website? But in terms of like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, are you doing that kind yeah, of stuff yourself? Yeah, that's me all the time. And I try to post a new picture almost every day. Yeah, um, just because like people, the way I think people's brains are wired now. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't give them some new thing to chew on, they're just going to go chew on somebody else. Yeah, you know. So I think it's as an artist. And but see, I think I think every artist needs to do this now. Whether you're Tim McGraw and Brad Paisley, or you know, or a guy just starting out, the you know Brad Paisley and Tim McGraw, they still need to. They yeah. should if they're not, because they're going to need to sooner or later. Yeah. Because there's just there's we're competing as a musician now. We're competing with every album that's ever come out, and we're competing with cat videos and yeah. prank videos. For people's attention. Which are in your pocket. Yeah. Which are in everyone's pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I The big story I always used to tell, I used to play a bar in Chicago all the time. Like we do a once a month residency kind of thing there. We actually made money at it. Imagine that. But there would be a TV over my head, mm-hmm. right? Or right above the right above the stage where the stage was. There was a little place. And one night I cut everybody. I was, I was watching their faces as I was performing. And like they would like jump. And they would make like funny, ooh, ah, and they'd kind of turn away. And I finally looked up and Jaws was on. <laughs> <laughs> and I had this yeah. like moment of clarity where it's like, okay, you know, this is again pre-internet, pre-cell phones, pre-texting. But I'm thinking, I am now competing with a blockbuster movie. Yeah. You know, with yeah. my songs in this bar. Try it when like there's a game on. Yeah, too, forget it. You know, forget or, it. And and I mean, you were lucky that the TV was over your head, so people were still kind of looking in at my you. general direction. But I've had those gigs where you know there's a TV to the right, and yeah. you're and, and no one's watching you, man. Yeah. It doesn't matter. How your far along music. was it when you got to the point where there weren't TVs above your head? What year was that? You think, <sighs> or what album? Like, how many albums into Godhead were you? Did you switch from like playing like random bars to like? clubs because once you get to the club right it's different yeah. like they're um, there they've they've at that point they've ponied up money to see you yeah. on tuesday yeah that or was, wednesday in january or whatever that was, and that's how you that's how i feel like i would know i've made it that's pretty awesome when yeah. that happens for sure i would say probably um our second 
Mm, probably our third album. Okay. And then our fourth so like album. five-ish years in maybe? Yeah. And then our fourth album was when, you know, we were on tour with Marilyn Manson and then we did the Ozfest and we toured with Rammstein, Disturbed, like that. That was like a completely different. That's level. a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the, uh, you have a tour manager. Right. Who's like a babysitter. In yeah. a way. I mean, I don't mean to denigrate what they're doing because it's what they do is no, amazing. They babysit But sometimes. they do some that's babysitting. Part of, that's part of their job. Yeah. For sure. When one of your band members storms off and, and someone has to go find him because you got to yeah. go on stage in five minutes or revive he's mad about something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's that Tom Petty, there's a Tom Petty article from years and years ago that talks about like, well, someone, Menmont has passed out on the floor of the bus. Someone has to go wake him up because we got to play the show. Uh, man, I love music. It's like the best thing in the world. I love talking about this stuff. And thank you yeah. again for yeah. coming in to do this, man. How about another tune? All right. We're kind of getting all over the place in terms yeah. of conversation, but well, I kind of like it. What's next? This is actually a really uh, good segue. It wasn't even planned, but... Uh, but uh, <clears throat> It's all planned, Jason. Yeah. The next song I wanted to play was Here to Kill the Pain, which is a song about going to a bar and why a lot of us go to bars and, yeah. you know, you know some of the reasons why. And I actually shot a music video for this directed by Sean Becker, which is out and you can check it out. And we And I think he did a really good job of embodying what I was trying to say in the song. Yeah, because some things have never changed, which is like, you know, you, your girlfriend breaks up with you and what do you do? Yeah. You go to the bar. Yeah. You know, and there may be TVs or maybe there wasn't at one point, but that's what you do. And that's what we all do. Yeah. You know, God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Jason Charles Miller with another song. This is Here to Kill the Pain on Independence Day. Didn't come in here to talk Didn't come here for the company Didn't come here to break down For want to see I didn't come here for a good time I didn't come in here to dance didn't come here for redemption or a second chance I'm just here to kill the pain And forget I knew her name I'm just here to numb my brain for a little while Let it rain on that old flame Try to wash her out of my veins I'm just here to kill the pain There's some boys out in the back room Throwing darts and shooting pool They know best to leave me sitting on the stone Long ago that used to be me Another life, another town But now I'm here just trying to make this memory drown I'm just here to kill the pain And forget I knew her name I'm just here to numb my brain for a little while Let it rain on that old flame 
I'm just here to kill the pain So make them strong and keep them coming Wanna feel my head humming Anything to chase seems that goes far away Cause I'm just here to kill the pain and forget I knew her name I'm just here to numb my brain for a little while Let it rain on that old flame And try to wash her out of my veins I'm just here to kill the pain I'm just here to kill the pain My name is Joe Armstrong and his name Jason Charles Miller. Learn about him at jasoncharlesmiller.com and please, 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 I implore you, drop by indepday.com, I-N-D-E-P, D-A-Y. We've got 120 plus artists on there and you should listen to each and every one of them. Not because I'm there. I don't care about me so much, but they put their lives, they put their blood, sweat, tears, uh, emotions and everything into what they do. And I really wish you would listen because there's some really, really great stuff. And I'm honored to bring you each and every one of them. Also tonight, Jason Charles Miller. Welcome Hello. again. Hi. Once again, great, another great tune, man. Thank you. Another another weep and tear in your beer kind of thing. Yeah, you know. I yeah. mean, some of those themes are universal. Yeah, we're talk never to gonna me. stop feeling about that. Talk to me, because again, we talked about your dual citizenship, like yeah. your Los Angeles versus your Nashville. And there's a there's a healthy country-ish scene here in Los Angeles. Like, but how is it different from Nashville? Like just working in the business here versus working in Nashville? Well, um, here I think we're a lot more spread out. And and every time I go out, I discover a new awesome country musician that I didn't even know existed. In L.A., sometime. you mean? In L.A. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there's there's kind of the the country bar cover scene where guys have got to do like four 45-minute sets. Um, and then there's sort of the Silver Lake scene. Um and then there's the singer-songwriter scene. And um, f- and to me in Nashville, it's kind of, there's only really two scenes. There's like the indie country scene and the country scene. Whereas you've got guys that are career songwriters or trying to be career songwriters and all they're doing is writing all day long and trying to pitch them to the Tim McGraws of the world. And then you've got sort of the antithesis of that with some great guys that, live in Nashville, but don't want to have anything to do with the quote-unquote music row uh, era of it. And then you've got, and then you also have to remember, though, that um, Nashville is also, it's, it is the capital of country music, it, and it, it fully represents that. And you're never going to walk more than a few feet or blocks without being reminded of that from being at the Country Music Hall of Fame to <clears throat> just, you know, you, I'm, might be at a bar and there's Tanya Tucker, you know, I, yeah. that happened, you know, and, and then walk into this bar and there's, there's uh you know, Randy Hauser or some of the newer guys or, you know, it, it's cool that, and everyone's just sort of there and uh, it's a very small town vibe to it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then in like in L.A., we talked about the different scenes, but like but, but working style though, like is it different in terms of working style? Yes, yes. In Nashville, um, if I set up a trip to go, like a songwriting trip, I'll usually have two or three appointments every single day. So at ten thirty, I'm writing with this guy, and at two thirty, I'm writing with this guy, and then maybe after dinner, there's somebody's trying to get another writing with me I'm, I'm writing with another guy so it's very it's got it's got a working man nine to five mentality in nashville where you've got a small window like hi nice to meet you let's write a song where you've got a much smaller window to work in and then if you feel like that song is worth going to the next level then you sort of discuss you know are we going to make a full track of this is this going to go on my album is this going to go on your album is this are we going to try to pitch this um, to somebody. Um, whereas in LA, I think, um, I've never had more than one songwriting appointment per day. It's always okay. like, let's spend the day together. Okay. And, and I kind of prefer that because I find that if I try to write more than one song a day, I mean, look, if I get if the inspiration hits me, then I will. And I've write I've written pieces of songs where like you'll all this inspiration will hit and you'll write a, a bunch of stuff in one day. But if it's like, let's get together on Tuesday at ten thirty in the morning and we are going to write a song. For the creative mind, that's actually harder to do than if just opportunity or, or 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 inspiration hits and I'm driving in my car and then I hit record on my phone and record a little melody. You know, to me, that's more organic. Um, you've obviously got to put the work in. You can't just be lazy. But I do like the I do like when I've got a whole day with someone because maybe we'll start half a song and realize, eh, we're trying to force this. I've got this other idea. Let's try that. Right, and maybe that's that second idea winds up being the bridge for the first idea, but you don't find that out until two hours later. Right, because if you've got a three-hour window, there's this pressure to like come with to to come maybe with half-completed songs or just or a pressure to finish a song, and then I and then sometimes I feel like I might have compromised too much, or I keep writing the same yeah, song yeah. or the same kind of song, so. I'd love to go to Nashville and and I I'll go again and I'll probably keep going my whole career. But um and I get a ton of stuff done. Uh but at the same time there's a little more relaxed atmosphere to LA for just trying to create stuff. Yeah, well it's an entirely different culture and I mean that literally in terms of everything the way people live their lives sure. in Los Angeles. And I, I like, I mean, I lived in New York too, which is an entirely different thing too. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I love the Los Angeles way of going about things because work is getting done here. It sure is. It's just not happening like it happens elsewhere. Right. You know, I feel like it's like all the, I don't want to say kooky because that sounds disparaging, but like I feel like all the creative kooky people, like it's like they tumble west and they <laughs> get to where they run out of land, which is you know, Pacific ocean. And then that's where they kind of pile up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the whistle doesn't blow for us at five o'clock. Yeah. You know, I find I might thrive and get crazy stuff done between like 8 PM 
and and uh, and one a.m. Like for some reason, my brain just kicks into another level at that point, and I I can go on a creative tear then, where like maybe earlier in the day, I'm just sort of sluggishly going along, and then something kicks in, and I and I get in on some I get in on some idea that I'm working on, or when I'm at my studio, just like you know, per, producing something, and it just there's a different vibe to my brain later in yeah. the day. And I'm sure it's someone could like throw out some crazy scientific s- statistics about that. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I'm sure there's been many studies done yeah. about these sorts of things. And, uh, you know, how about performing in the different cities? You know, do you tend to, I mean, I, I mean obviously you've been on tour as a Vi. Like, you know what that feels like. Every city's got its own thing. But like, yeah. how, you know, do you approach a show in Nashville differently than you would approach a show in Los Angeles? When I have my full band, no. Um, so if I'm on tour and I bring my band to Nashville, I'm going to give them the same show. Okay. But when I'm doing a songwriter round in Nashville, which often that's what I tend to do when I go to Nashville because I tend to go by myself for a songwriting trip. So then at night I'll perform at a songwriting round or a guitar pull which if people aren't familiar with that, what that is is usually it's three people on stage at the same time. We're all sitting on stools and we take turns playing a song. So songwriter number one plays a song. Number two plays a song. I'm number three. I play a song. Then it goes back to one and repeat. And usually do that three times. So you're going to pick your, not only are you going to pick your best three or four songs, you're also going to pick your best three or four songs that, uh, apply best to sounding with just you and acoustic guitar. Right. Because some songs I have that are just, you know, these super power, powerful barn burner songs, they might not apply the same power acoustically. So I might not choose to play that one unless I have my full band behind me. Right, 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 right. Very different. Because that's it's funny you should say that because that, that kind of gets into the whole idea of production and producing a song. Um, you know, a song could be, uh, I, I laugh about this all the time, but I was just playing for a friend. You know, the Beck song, Deborah? Yes. Uh, it's, you know, I'm going to take you up to Glendale <laughs> in my Hyundai. I'm doing a very poor Beck impression, but it's all sung in falsetto and it's like an ode to like those seventies, like funk, sexy times songs. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's got the wah, wah guitar and like the. The, like the, Earth, Wind, and Fire. The Glock and Spiel yeah. sounding Fender Rhodesy part way up high doing the arpeggios. And the lyrics are absurd and the bass is upright and it's sliding around. It's all sexy, right? Um, this chord is two songs. The whole song is two chords and it's a whole step apart. It's like G, A, G, A or whatever key it's in, right? That's the whole song. Chorus, same way. Doesn't change anything about it, right? I'm not even sure there's a bridge in it. But like the band kicks into the chorus and digs in a little more and they add some stuff. And, and I like to think about it because I, I say this all the time. Like when I say something is barely a song, that can be something good or that can be something bad. Like in reality, that's barely a song. It's two chords, but it totally works for that song. Right. And the production that's around and the production that song. that's around it. But then you wouldn't want to play that. You know, Beck could play it because everybody knows it. But like you wouldn't want to play that at a, like a guitar pull. Right. Because it's not going to come across with the yeah. two songs. It's going to be boring. Right. You know, whereas you dress it up. And now it's great. And that's, it's smart that you know that, like you think ahead. Well, you know, um, someone said, you know, well, if a song doesn't sound uh, great with just the vocal and the acoustic guitar, then it's not a great song. I don't, 
for as much as I want to agree with that statement and be like, yeah, that's, I totally agree with that statement. At the end of the day, production is so important that someone's produced version of the exact same song could just blow away a different version. So, so, um, I, I, I totally agree with you there. You, 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 you've got to always keep that in your, in the back of your head. Yeah. If you're playing just you and a, and a guitar, how is that going to translate? Yeah. And like so many things we learn as we become more mature in our lives and our careers, the answer to most questions is yes and no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At least that's what I found. I mean, even for the songs that I picked to perform today, um, there's some that might be my favorite that I left out because I know that what Adam and I can do... It's not going to translate. Right. I, I, so I wanted to bring the most powerful version of myself with these two instruments that yeah. I could. Yeah, three instruments. You're singing too. Okay. Voice is an instrument. People, uh, yeah. you know, it gets a bad rap. You know, how many singers does it take to screw in a light bulb? Well, uh, one, he just stands there and the world revolves around him. Bingo. Excellent. Set up and home run. All right. Jason, Charles Miller. About another song, man. Let's do it. Um, okay, what's this? This one is the title track for my most recent album, Natural Born Killer. And um, all I'm going to say is that I am singing from the perspective of a bottle. Okay. And the song should explain we'll leave itself. leave it that. Use your imagination at home, friends. Jason Charles Miller, the song Natural Born Killer's title track from his most recent record here on Independence Day. Jeremiah, most folks call me Jim. From a little town just east of Shepherdsville, I was born and raised to raise some hell up in these hills. I'm getting stronger every day while I keep sitting still. Now I can lift your spirits up. I can help you drown I can pour my heart right out to you But it'll burn going down You can find me anywhere In any corner store Look for me sitting on a shelf Or hiding in a drawer I'm a natural bone killer But I don't need no gun like to take my time, there ain't no need to run So don't be scared, if you see me there, just throw back another one I'm a natural bone killer Kentucky's on the sun Gonna make us hard And he lost some souls to me Just like that boy That found face down Down there in Old Knob Creek Baptized in that same water Where took him home last week And now his poor old mama 
Looks to me to find some peace I'm a natural bone killer But I don't need no gun I like to take my time There ain't no need to run So don't be scared If you see me there Just throw back another one I'm a natural bone killer Joe Armstrong, thank you for listening. Tonight's guest on Independence Day, Jason Charles Miller. Drop by his website, which is his name, jasoncharlesmiller.com. That was the track Natural Born Killer, which is the title track from your most recent record. And I, one thing I like about that is that you set the scene right away in that, which is an especially like a country song, you know, which simple good, not simple bad, but they're kind of simpler in a way in terms of their composition. So setting the scene is so key and like a physical sense of place. You know, you look at the masters of the genre, Towns Van Zant, Steve Earle, John Hyatt, like they'll do that kind of thing too. Yeah, yeah. You know, who were your songwriting, you know, the people that made you want to write songs? Like when you were listening, you know, when you started to get into writing, like, okay, you know, because there's the stuff we listen to when you're a kid and you're like, I used to like the monkeys. Sure. And they had a TV show. I was nine, you know, <laughs> but, and they were, some of those songs were written by a songwriters, but you don't know that until later. Right. Right. Who were the cats for you? My first records were, you know, Beatles records and John Denver records. Ah, I like John uh, Denver too. Yeah. And then um, Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash. I mean, Johnny Cash would write a song earlier in the day and then play perform it on yeah. his national televised television show. Um, and But let me tell you somebody that I think um, combined production... Like min uh and and minimal some someone I learned a ton about just from listening to his records was Robert Smith from The Cure. Interesting. Uh, talk about disintegration, uh, which was my favorite album, still is my favorite album by them. Um, there are some songs where the chord actually never changes. Yeah. The song is one. It's the John chord. Lennon thing. I call that the John Lennon thing. He was like the first guy to release a single or the Beatles song, whichever the. What is it? float downstream. It is not dying. I mean, that's the one. That's just one chord, right? Yeah, I think. yeah. I don't remember the name of it right now, though. Was it was it after the Beatles? Like when? No, no, no. It was, it was a Beatles song. Okay. Anyway, crap. Right. Onward, <laughs> onward we go. Okay. So, just talk about like talking about adding instruments, subtracting them, 
adding parts, subtracting them. All of a sudden, there's this six-minute epic song where the bass is the same the entire song, and and the and the chords the same the entire song, and um, so that I think that taught me a lot about the importance of melody over top of those chords and and what that can do to sort of take the mood in a completely different way, even if the, the chord's the same the entire time. Yeah. I feel like we're in a very strange place in terms of the concept of melody in the musical world right now. I can uh, agree with that. Because, you know, in the most popular style now, which is like rap hip hop styles, you know, the melody may come in on the chorus, but there may not be a melody at all. Yeah. It might just be another musical figure that's playing what would have been a melody at one point, and the melody is now a rhythmic vocal part, which is not sung per se. Right. Right? So, but then you've got, like, the big pop stuff, the Katy Perry's of the world, the, uh, I guess, Taylor Swift's of the world to a certain extent, although I think she has more in terms of melody, but, like, some of that stuff to me as a person who knows theory and has attempted at least to write com well composed songs and as, and even if i haven't even if my songs suck i've studied it extensively right right i don't know everything but i know something and i'll be in i'll be in ralph's shopping which is our grocery store on the west coast here and i'll be like man that song sucks that melody's terrible <laughs> yeah there's just not it doesn't it's it's weak and it was probably the number one song in yeah, the world but it's i guess that what i'm getting at is it's weak like, yeah. cause there's like the Beatles, strong melody. You ah, can hum it. CCR, yeah. strong melodies that you can hum. Uh, Beach Boys, strong melodies you can hum. Like uh, Zeppelin even, although a little less so because he kind of leans into the bluesy thing a little right. more. But these are melodies that's, that take the chords away. That melody sticks in your head like Mary Had a Little Lamb. Sure. Right? Or Three Blind Mice or whatever, these simple melodies. And now we're in an age where maybe it's because it's all played out. <laughs> Yeah, but, but they're just weak. Like they yeah. don't. Like I, I walk away from the store. Like I've complete. I've completely forgotten what that was. I mean, people often say, you know, there's only twelve notes that we can play. So yeah, but yeah, the the thing that that sometimes bothers me is when it's like a ba uh, a drum beat, a bass line, and then like one little hook, and for some yeah. reason that's just yeah, you know. Well, pop. I don't know. Pop's to me, can be a bad word. It yeah. shouldn't be, because yeah. once upon a time, pop was Boston. True. You know, which yeah. had great melodies, you know, and I don't know, and even Van Halen. Once they, upon they a time, pop best. was Billy Joel. Yeah, once upon know? a time, pop was Billy Joel. Pop was, pop was something. Elton yeah. John, great melodies. Yeah. Unbelievable melodies. Anyway, let's shift gears, because I want to get a couple okay. more topics <laughs> in before we get your last song here. We're already going over time a little bit. Um, number one, you do a lot of songwriting. Um, with people, co-writes, Los Angeles, Nashville, that's kind of become your stock and trade to a certain extent. Yeah. What would you tell someone who's trying to get into that world? They've written a handful of songs. They think they might have what it takes to do more of that. Who do they call? Where do they go? Where do they hang out? What do they do? They, you go to events. You go to these guitar pulls. You go to these songwriter But rounds. in L.A., you though. Go, well, in L.A., you go to mixers. You go, there's more of these, like, industry mixers, which okay. might have one or... And, and you try to make contacts. I mean, but there's a fine line between being desperate and trying to make a contact yeah. and then just trying to make a friend. Because um, there's overlap there. 
Yeah, I know, and 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 it, and it's tough, and 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 being in this town and in Nashville, I think a lot of people are always in the back of their head, like, why does this person really want to be my friend? Right. You know, so it's it's you just have to get get yourself out there and 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 kind of have faith that your talent will will reveal itself in 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 the sense that what i mean is that like you can't go out there and be too pushy you can't yeah. go and you're going your people are going to get pissed off you you can't go out there and and be desperate you can't go out there and seem like you're it, it's it's like you you have to at the end of the day with all the changes that have happened in technology and all the all the things that have happened you have to remember that just don't ever lose sight of the fact that you're trying to do something that you love that you're writing songs because you love them you know like we're musicians because we love it we're we're not musicians because we're trying to be uh millionaires because if we wanted to do that we'd just go get, get into banking or something you know it there are easier ways yeah so for us it's it's a calling more than it is it's an avocation that's what i always call it well like a compulsion almost yeah somewhere between an avocation yeah. and a compulsion yeah and um in nashville it might be a little bit easier because there's all there are these songwriter rounds that happen every single night and if you're friendly and nice and and you if if you see someone that inspires you you know go up to them and say hi yeah you know i mean because that is part of it you could have the best you could have written what you think or what a lot of people think is the best song in the world but if you don't have the right representation uh to try to get that song to someone that could record it then no one's ever gonna hear it yeah, you know, especially now. So, and and it's less about the song. Don't be married if you're if you're. Don't be married to the songs that. Don't be married. No, sorry. Don't be married to the songs that you have now, and realize that all the songs that you have now are what have prepared you for that next song. Right. You know, and and once you realize that, then the sky's the limit because I know that the next song that I'm going to write is going to be better than the one that I already wrote. Yeah. And and if you if you if you you know remind yourself of that then um it's more freeing yeah do you write every day no i don't write every day but i write almost every day okay yeah but it's like a muscle though you do exercise the muscle yeah. people oh yeah that's the thing about musicians uh, we as a lot tend to be kind of undisciplined Mm -hmm. A lot of us get into it for the, I joke that people get into construction and the music business for the same reason because they can't function in the normal world. But then the, mm -hmm. but then the sad reality or the good reality, once you get there, those are the people working 10 times harder than everybody else. It just, it's a different way. It doesn't right. show like the people framing houses and the people framing songs. It's the same kind of deal. You have yeah. to work because there, there isn't as uh a rote path, R-O-T-E, rote. There isn't a fixed thing, a way. Like, you go to law school, you know what you got to do to get to be a lawyer. You right. got to do the work, right. but there's a path, and it's very, very, very laid out. Yeah. In the music business, not so much. No, I you mean, know, especially do with how it's changing constantly. Yeah, and that leads me to my second question, which will be my last question for you, is how you do so much of this songwriting type stuff. Like, you had some success with Godhead, but you're still doing this. You're a full-time music guy. Again, numbers aren't necessary. Specific figures aren't necessary. But how do you monetize 
what you're doing. Someone, that same kid, okay, now he's doing co-writes and he's doing stuff, or she, let's use it as a she, it's a better way to do it. Mm -hmm. She's doing co-writes and she's talented and she's writing good stuff. How then does she switch from working at Starbucks during the day to actually getting paid to, to sell these songs or to, to play these shows? You know, I know you don't know everything. Yeah. I heard you taking a deep <sighs> breath. I can feel it coming. But like, I don't expect you to know everything about it. But in your experience. Um, joining a songwriter society helps, for sure. ASCAP, um, BMI, CSAC? Right. Um, you are? I am BMI. Okay. Um, but ASCAP is great, too, and CSAC is great, too. I know people in, in all three. And, uh, you know, uh, that helps um, because they'll keep track of, let's say, if, if she's working at Starbucks, but she still got, maybe she, uh, an artist recorded one of her songs or recorded a co-write that she was lucky enough to write with this artist or just lucky enough to be a co-writer on a song that got picked up, that got placed on a television show that got um do we want to take Airplay. her there or are we trying to get her there still either one it's an open-ended okay. question if she's there bmi will help um you know uh publishing companies will help and they'll take your call you know they're not uh, uh bmi and and ascap and csac you can you can join and, and there's people there that are very helpful um i i think and and so they keep track if something gets played or not, and they're they're very good at their job there. Um, if she's still trying to get there, if she's still trying to get one, I mean, at a certain point, for as much as we are independent, there's not enough hours in the day to try to hawk our wares, so to speak. There's not right. enough hours in the day. If I call every music supervisor whose phone number I can get my hands on or whose email I can get my hands on, I'm not going to have any more time to create. Or sleep. Yeah. So some sort of management or partner in some way, I think, is paramount to get yourself out of working at Starbucks. And okay. that's just that's just really, um, it, you know, whether it's a friend that wants to help and maybe start in the management from the ground up maybe it's your coworker at starbucks and she's like wow you're awesome i want to manage you and so we can both get out of here yeah you know um but i think at some point you do you need help you know for yeah. as for for as much as things have changed what hasn't changed is is you need help at some yeah. point and the song has to be good obviously but that in our in our little paradigm here it, that's a given that's a given like the talent and and the material that's where you start you right. know, that's where you that's the start. That's the bottom level, and then everything else is, is is uh, is all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been good. I mean, I, we could. I mean, we could probably devote a three-hour show just to those last two questions. Yeah, I think you know people need help. I mean, that's the thing. Everybody wants to do this, you know. Mm -hmm. And the old paradigm, you know, though it was kind of exploitative and <laughs> not great. It was a paradigm. You know, there were a little more of a defined path than there is now. And now everyone's trying to figure it out on their own. And right. I think that to your point, you know, help is, you know, I, I'd give my anything for more help with anything yeah. that I do. Because we're, yeah. you know, we're all trying to keep up with Instagram and Twitter <laughs> right. and write the songs and make the posters and book the tours. And everybody's kind of doing all of it at once. And it's very overwhelming. So that's a good idea. That's good advice, man. So how about one more tune? And we got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. What's this last one going to be? This one's called The River. And uh, it's loosely inspired by 
Lord of the Rings. Okay. And uh, the Gold Rush. Okay. Inspiration comes from many places. The California Gold Rush. Okay. So a little bit of, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tolkien mysticism mixed in with, what did you say? If he was a prospector. Yeah. If he, was a, if, if he moved to California. Yeah, up in, in the, the 18... Sierra Nevadas in <laughs> yeah. 1849. So, all right. Once again, Jason Charles Miller on Independence Day. This is the river. Kneeling down by the river Another day panning for gold Can't even remember what I got to sell my soul Well, it's all kind of blurry Can't see through the haze So I'm down on my knees Just praying for better days Well, I know it wasn't love and I know it was money Might as well have been the liquor Cause my head feels kind of funny And I know it wasn't strength And I know it wasn't power Cause I'm going blind Getting weaker by the Just another memory Every wave's another sweet song About the years gone by And the tales are right or wrong So I looked into the water Yeah, looked down deep Then the darkness looked back And said, your soul is mine to keep From the shore Ain't gonna turn my back On the river no more
one final time, Jason Charles Miller here on Independence Day. Drop by InDepthDay.com. There's going to be a web-exclusive track, too, which is a very special song. I wish you guys would check that out. Also, there's a video for that. If you drop by uh, the show's Facebook page, which is Facebook.com slash Day, you can find that there. We do have a YouTube channel in the works, and there are even videos up there. But uh, we're trying to build it out a little bit more before we start telling people a lot about it. So it'll be on there, too. It's good stuff. Thank you. Good stuff. Thank you. Love to hear this kind of stuff. Love to hear people who devote time to writing because it's so important. It's so important. It's like the garbage in, garbage out thing. Like you can dress anything up wherever you want, but that kernel, whatever that is, it has to have validity in some way to you make it You need the cornerstone. Yeah. You, know, to you build need the, the cornerstone. House. I always call them seeds. All my songs start off as seeds because they're going to hopefully grow into something. Yeah. Um, so man, I've had a great time talking with you, man. It's been, like I said, we could, I, this show could be six hours long. I think, you know, maybe we'll have to do an addendum at some point and add some more stuff to this, but what's next yeah. for you? Your new, your most recent record is not like new, new, right? Right. So I'm writing my, my new record. Um, I'm also working on a side project with my friend, Austin Hanks, um, uh, more of like a Southern rock duo okay. group. So I'm working on that as well. Uh, I'm also uh, writing all the music for a web musical called Muzzled the Musical. Okay. And it's like a rock, it's it's like a Rocky Horror Picture Show rock and roll musical uh, that uh, some friends of mine approached me a couple of years ago about doing it. And um, we have that Hollywood story where we took the idea to every studio in town and everyone loved it, but no one pulled the trigger. So... The producer said, you know what? Let's just launch it to Kickstarter. So we did. You green light yourself. We got our goal. Um, so speaking of independent, we asked for 45 grand. We got 50 grand. So we're about to film three episodes. Nice. Um, and I'm writing all the music for it. Nice. You know, we didn't even touch on the fact that you're in a bunch of video games and a bunch of voiceover stuff, yeah. too. Yeah. Another, and we'll make that. When I come back, we'll yeah, talk about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that at the bar. Uh, anyway, so man, it's been so much fun having you on the show today. I appreciate it so very much. Uh, you know, we're all busy. We're all doing lots of different stuff. So it's nice to have people willing to come out and do this. And I hope people check out your music as well. Thank you. So thanks to Jason Charles Miller, also to the Independence Day staff, Valentino Rivera, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The fearless Tony Tonelok Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. If you do anything, please be good to one another.